Hey, everybody. Welcome to Jen Lowry Writes. Tonight, I've got, I've got my friend here, this way, that way, writer, <laughs> DeRosier. This is M. Michelle DeRosier. Hey, um, and we're here to talk about why diverse books matter and reading engagement. So happy to uh, have you. Grab your author friends, share it out with everyone. Um, and we're going to share our screen and get started. So this is like a WWJ working session. So hopefully you guys can see the screens that we've been working on. So can you see them, Michelle? I can, Jen. Yay, yay. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, to get started, we got this slide. Um, the slides come from Slides Carnival. So thanks to Slides Carnival for allowing us to use uh, everybody to get online, go to their website, and you can download some pretty templates that you can create presentations for. So just a good tip there. All right. So here I am. I'm Dr. Jennifer Lowry. I'm from Maxton and now live in Clayton. I'm a literacy coach and I teach English one. I'm a homeschool mom. I'm a multi-genre author and a publisher, and I'm an author coach with the Writing Warriors for Jesus. And these are some of my latest uh, creations for this year. But we are going to be talking about kids lit today. But Love Over Pizza did come out. That's my sweet romance that came out um, just a couple of weeks ago. So super excited about it. Awesome. Hi, guys. Um, I'm, I'm Michelle DeRosier, writer DeRosier on these internet streets. Uh, I'm from New York, Brooklyn, um, made in Haiti, bred in Brooklyn. Uh, I am a multi-genre author as well, and I'm also a diversity sensitivity reader um, to help creatives um, figure out how to tell an authentic story that is um, meaningful and respectful of diverse cultures. Uh, and uh, like Jeb said, we'll be talking about Kidlet, but just sharing a little bit of um, some of my work. Uh, my most recent is Accepting Elijah's Heart, which is a sweet romance that is out now and excited for all of the feedback, great feedback I've received so far. Um, and then Happy Harper Grandpa Comes Home, which I hope to be able to talk a little bit about in that process and that is launching god willing um national grandparents day september 12th of this year so cannot wait all right so where can you find me so i have a podcast jen lowry writes the right amount of grace you can find me on spotify google wherever you listen to podcasts you can go to the anchor platform too and find me there I also have a YouTube channel. So if you're watching this on Twitch or Facebook on my author page, you can hop over to YouTube as well. We have Anne here. She's eating dinner right Hi. now. But she's chatting over on YouTube. So nice. we are triple streaming tonight. And we're doing that in preparation also for our WWJ conference. So we're getting the hang of everything while we get to hang out with y'all. So go over and subscribe uh, to my YouTube channel, too, while you guys are at it. And you can go all over the web at Jen Lowry Writes and connect with me. And same as well, Writer DeRosier all over these internet streets um, and come and say hi. So today we wanted to talk with you about three topics that we love. The first one is that we wanted to share stories that matter. Two, how to help you honor your blank page. And three, ways that you can engage with your readers in K-12 audiences. And it all started with Sweet Potato Jones for me. And <laughs> Ruby Bridges for me. <laughs> And so Sweet Potato Jones is my YA contemporary. And of course, talk uh, about Ruby. Ruby. Sure, Ruby Bridges is a um, fourth and fifth grade um, fiction, nonfiction for um, a civil rights icon series to introduce fourth and fifth graders to civil rights icon Ruby Bridges who was the first black child to desegregate um, in elementary school. Yes. 
And so why should we share stories that matter as authors? Stories that are not even our own stories. Because books are like a powerful mediator between Mm -hmm. light and dark. And they do provide a safe place for children to have hope, to see possibilities. So that's why it really matters that authors champion books Mm -hmm. that matter to them. And that also means that we need to be engaging within that reader world. We need to be pulling K-12 books off the shelf like hotcakes. We need to just devour books within Mm -hmm. our genre. But it's not just about reading for ourselves and research. It's about sharing all of those stories. So that way we can connect with other readers. So for example, if a reader meets me and they may not ever pick up Sweet Potato Jones, but if they pick up another book that I share, I feel like that I'm that person, that bridge that can help them find their next best story. Absolutely. So it might not even be about Sweet Potato Jones. It might not even be about any of the books that I write. But if I'm out on my platform and I'm using my platform as a as a writer for good and I'm sharing stories that really matter to me, that might spark someone else to pick up their library card and go look for that book or on their next list, put that book on their list and go check it out. And so that's why I feel like Mm -hmm. it's really important that we share as authors stories that matter. And so my favorite author is Kate DiCamillo. Mm -hmm. All of you know that, that know me. Um, And I love this quote from her. She says, reading should not be presented to children as a chore, a duty. It should be offered as a gift. Absolutely. I I believe my library card was one of my greatest gifts as a child. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was very fortunate enough to, enough to live across the street from the library growing up. So I could head on over, run across and just have a librarian who never filtered, never said, you can't go to that shelf. You can't do this. She was the door was open and it was my magical place to live. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that I was um, a receiver of those gifts so many times through the library system in my life. And so. Hopefully, you know, through this presentation, I can spark you to remember to promote your public libraries, to promote your school libraries as much Mm -hmm. as you can. Um, That's just a great gift. All right. Tell me to stop talking about (laughs) just this one quote. All right. So in the chat. So I know we've got Anne here. Um, I'm actually looking at it on like on my phone to see the chat because, Michelle, when I went to full screen, I can't see the chat either. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, If you're watching this in real time, you can go into the chat right now or I am seeing actually you're seeing it. Yes. Yes. um, Go to your journal. And start sharing books that matter to you when you were a child and write them, type them as fast as you can. Just let that love pour out of all of the books that you can remember and then make a list of what children's literature to YA books matter to you now. Mm -hmm. Because what can you do with that list? Author friends of mine. (laughs) So you can (laughs) you can add to this, Michelle, but you can blog about those lists. You could video and share your books. You can hold them up and say, you've got to read this. (laughs) And you can share it out with the world. You can build your Goodreads and Pinterest pages. Um, So so one yeah. No, I was going to say one of the things that I've done that I found very helpful. So for my children's um, series, Happy Harper, the book that's coming out is Grandpa Comes Home Around and it's going to launch on national grandparents day so last year for my um newsletter i created this powerpoint just like this with um i don't know over 15 books that were around grandparents and the relationship between grandparents um in the powerpoint we had grandparents how you how do you say grandma and grandpa in like eight different languages and a little bit about that culture. And then I just 
presented it as a PDF that I shared with my newsletter because just like Jen was saying, just because they're not necessarily reading your book first doesn't mean that they you can't be sharing out other books. Like that's one of my absolute favorite things to do because let's face it, I can't write all of the books that you're going to love. I want to. <laughs> um, so it's nice to know your audience and to know, well, if you like my work, you'll probably like this author as well and this author as well. And I know that my audience appreciates getting that because then that just opens up their library and they'll able to share it with their kids and their grandkids. And um, yeah, so I've, I've gotten some really good feedback from that. Love it. And ask people, what are you reading? Mm -hmm. Like build your own list up because there are so many of us out there that treasure books. And so, you know, ask around, ask your author friends what's up with them, encourage them to do these things that we're sharing with you tonight. And mm -hmm. let's just spread that love. Um, so these are books for Michelle. Oh, my goodness. So I have such a hard time choosing books. And it's, I don't have kids, but I feel like it's almost like asking me to choose a favorite child. But I wanted to... Um, take a snapshot of some of the books over the last couple of years, both as growing up um, and just more recently. So Anne Frank, to me, is a book that I will always treasure because it is the book that allowed me to see that words can change the world. Uh, it was a gift from my fifth grade teacher, Miss Romaine, who said, I know you love to write in your diary. And I know that's the way that you communicate with the world because as, a, as an introvert, um, your passion is shown in your writing. So she was like, when I graduated, she gave me a stack of books and Anne Frank has been the most meaningful because that's the one that reminded me that it didn't matter my age. It did not matter um, my circumstance. I can absolutely write to change the world. So I absolutely love this book and treasure it and will always treasure it. Um, Mufao's beautiful daughter. I don't think you can be a black child and not have a connection to Mufao's beautiful daughter. It is both a, it's both um, a celebration of the author's work and also a condemnation of the country that we live in especially um, kids who grew up in the 80s and 90s, that we didn't have representation in books that allowed us to see an array of who we are as Black children. So I am so thrilled now when I see all these different diverse books that represent life, the just the tapestry of, you know, Black, white, Asian, Hispanic, everything um and everybody has an opportunity to see themselves in those books so Mufaro's beautiful daughter is the one that did it for me as a child and um yeah it will always continue to just remind me that I can hold my head up high um I'm gonna spotlight a couple of others most recent ones so my flag Felix in me is by our friend here Miss Jen uh, so Tough topics are something that when you're talking to kids about, I love books that take topics that you're like, well, why would you talk to kids about careers? And then you put a spin on it and it just opens it up to a child and it's, they're learning, but they're not learning. So my five Felix, <laughs> um, I won't spoil it, but basically he, he has a company and you're going in and actually applying to be part of the company. And it is just such a fun book. And I absolutely, and the creativity of it is just what I'm in awe of. The idea that you could take a very like up there topic and then just break it down and just introduce it to children in a very fun way is something that I absolutely love. I won't take up all of the time, but I just wanted to spotlight a couple of these. Okay, uh, so these are some books that matter to me. And I have to start with A Walk to Remember by Nicholas Sparks. He's a North Carolina author. 
Um, that book matters to me. It is a young adult book. I mean, adults can read it as well. But that's what sparked my adult world walking into writing. So mm -hmm. I always have to bring a walk to remember. When I read Jamie's story, I said, I want to do that. I want to write a story. I want to write a novel. And so I always want to bring that one up. We both had John Steptoe. Did you see that? <laughs> because the story of Jumping Mouse is by John Steptoe as well. Oh, okay. oh. And it is a Native American legend that I absolutely love and I cry every single time that I read this book. And I was I found it when I was uh, way back in college when we had to like read 500 children's books and make little note cards on them. It felt like 500. I might, I mean, really, we had to do that for an assignment. It was, it was one of the best assignments ever. I, I loved her, uh, Dr. Dixon at UNC Pembroke. And we had to read all these children's books and I found the story of Jumping Mouse and I bought them for uh, copies for my kids and signed them. My mom bought me a copy for me. And every single time I read that book, I break down and cry. I've read it to my students at school and cried. So books that matter to me are, are always going to be on my list forever. Uh, just like Lucky Brilliant, um, it is from a Jewish author named Maureen Sherbondi. That was my book of the year last year. Absolutely loved that book. Uh, that one is for YA, but middle grades could read it as well. Um, Katie Camillo, of course. Beverly right mm -hmm. here is my favorite of the three Rancheros, but... Um, I loved all of them. So you have to start with Ramey Nightingale. But that is a series uh, that I think would really matter to young girls. Um, Long Way Down by Jason Reynolds. If you want to read an impactful, powerful book that is going to take you down the flights of an elevator and life choices and decisions and hard truths, that one will rock you and it will quiet you. It's just profound. Um, absolutely love Jason Reynolds. Um, I have to talk about other words for home for all of my ESL teachers out there. That book, you need to hug it. You need to go and find it and then hug it um, and share it. Uh, absolutely amazing book. Daphne's questionable bet is for students who may be struggling <laughs> with anxiety and they need a read that also deals with um, some tough issues, you know, bullying and social media, blackmailing and all of this stuff. But it's just such a read that will stay with you weeks after mm -hmm. uh, because of the support and the friendship group that she has. And, and they're so accepting of her and her anxiety. I just absolutely love that one. Big old bike. Have to call that one out from Rachel Clark. Mm -hmm. She's one of our WWJs. Um, this book is such a good book for students who are um, going into middle school. This at fourth grade, even guys like these books, the ones that I'm I'm throwing out here for you. These would be great family reads. And of course, mm -hmm. you know, I've got to bring up Ruby Bridges because Michelle is here. Um, that book is needed in every home library and school library. And even high school students had an opportunity mm -hmm. to see this book. Um, and then one of my favorite series of all time is from Victoria Bond. I'm going to keep it on my list forever. And that's the Zora and Me from Zora Neale Hurston. Um, her foundation actually stamped an approval on this book. And it is super amazing my favorite one was the last in the series but you have to read them all like they're, they're all so good um okay i'm moving on because i could do a lot of favorite. great recommendations uh, i could talk um but when you have a book so you're reading a book you get a kid's book whether it's you know a picture book like if you give a mouse a cookie <laughs> or if it's a book other words for home whatever that book is that you're reading here are some things that we thought that you should consider when you're sharing books that matter to you. So, mm -hmm. um, Michelle, if you want to touch on any of these, um, I can build around you if you would like to talk about anything off of here that kind of stands out. Yeah, I think one of the really good ones is email authors, especially if they are in the authors. I think there's um, a misconception that there is a barrier between you and your favorite authors. There's not. Authors are, they are geek, or we are geeked out fans as well. Like we have, 
our favorite writers that were just like, hey, do you know we exist? We love your book. You want to talk to us? So <laughs> if you love the work, share it out. Let us know your thoughts um, because we write for you, right, as a readers. Um, so it's, your feedback is very meaningful to us. So absolutely emailing authors. It's not that hard to find us. Most of us are either on our own website or on social media somewhere. You can reach out and just say, hey, this is why your book matters to me, my child, you know, this is what I've shared out. So please do. Um, and I think another one is review everywhere. That is an absolute gift. You think about when you're picking up a book um, and it's usually based off of a recommendation. It's somebody, you know, just like Jen and I shared some of the books that mattered to us. Somebody probably said, hey, you should read this book. And then you pick it up and you're just like, yeah, I'm so glad I read this book. So basically, you know, if you're reviewing us on whatever digital platform that you purchase your books, whether it's Amazon, Goodreads, or wherever you can leave a review, leave it because the more that you share out, the more that um, other people will learn about your favorite author and, you know, the more that they're able to keep on doing um, the work that they love, which is sharing their books with you. So. And I want to bring up about creating images because I've been following authors for a long time because one, I just love their work. I like seeing how authors engage with their platforms. I use it as a learning tool. So while I'm following authors and I'm checking out their way that they're presenting books mm -hmm. to the world, I was like, you know what? I need to do better because all I was doing, guys, was like screen. Like I was like, Okay, I'm reading this book and I take a picture. <laughs> I'm reading this book. I take a picture and I put it up. I mean, that's fine. But yeah. you know what? I love Canva so much. So you guys are going to mm -hmm. laugh. Y'all can go and look on my Instagram if you don't believe me because I've kind of only made two of these. So I'm taking my own advice here because I love Canva. And I'm like, I just put what I'm reading at the top and I put the mm -hmm. book cover and I change the background really quick. Like, honestly, guys, two minutes. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I have something better for that author than just yeah. me going snapshot with my my phone. With your phone. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, um, and so I felt like I could even do a better job at creating images when I'm sharing things out. But also, I do think it's important to keep reading lists. Keep your lists. Yeah, good idea. Keep them current, too. So that's why I was like, you know, talk about books that you loved as a child, because then you can be engaging with readers that are like within our age groups, books that they may have experienced growing up. But then also keep current lists and always cycle through those lists. Some that are mm -hmm. going to stay on there forever. Like the yeah. story of Jumpy Mouse, Zora and me, those books are going to stay on my list forever. Mm -hmm. But there are other books that I have cycled around and yeah. there's been a year for, okay, this is, these are my books of the year. I started yeah. changing because I have too many. <laughs> like, I have so many books that I absolutely love. So now I'm like, these are my favorite books of 2020. These are going to be my favorite mm -hmm. books for 2021. And then my list is going to continue to grow. Um, and then the next one, take notes as you're reading mm -hmm. uh, before you share out. Always keep mm -hmm. a notes place, some a journal, Google Doc. So that way, not only are you keeping your list, you can ask yeah. yourself some important questions as you're reading for research. So this is where we're going to switch. And now we're not going to just talk about sharing out for reader engagement, connecting mm -hmm. with readers, sharing your love out. Now we can talk about taking notes for research for your author yeah. life. Um, and so these are just four questions. And Michelle, we can add to these. Um, mm -hmm. As we're talking, we may come up with like 20,000 more. Yeah. But like question one, when you're reading, find out what are the themes and topics that are currently being addressed in today's books? Kind of what is the pulse in Kid Lit today? What are you noticing? What are the thematic 
you know, patterns that you're pulling from them. And you mm -hmm. can start to build your list of things that could be very important for you. For example, if you would take on a book about uh, bullying and how to overcome, you know, those obstacles that kids may face when they're having to deal with uh, bullies. Well, then while you're reading, you're making a list that mm -hmm. you can read the big old bike by Rachel Clark. And then one day, if you and then each time you make a list, you've got those themes there. You've got Rachel's yes. book there. She would one day become your comp title if you yeah. then decide, oh, wow, I feel you know led to write this book and it's going to have these themes in it. I remember when I went and I was reading a book about things. What was it called? You're going to forget. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Make, a, make yourself a list of themes that you're seeing and put the titles there. And I think later on, you will thank me for that <laughs> when you're looking mm -hmm. for titles of books that then you can share around the work that you're doing. Um, and I, was, I actually would, um, oh, I wanted I was to say just, add to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's kind of two sides of the same coin because you also want to look at what's not there. Uh, because you have a perspective that you might be bringing that is not being, um, you know, highlighted at the moment. And then just see what's missing, whether it's a particular theme or from the perspective, like the um, example that Jen gave about bullying. Maybe it's bullying, but maybe it's, you know, bullying from a different lens that you have that just isn't there on the landscape. So keep alert um, and keep aware of that. And then you can do additional research to see, okay, um, has anybody tried it? Maybe it's not this year, maybe it was a prior year, but that's something that is always, when I'm writing and when I'm kind of figuring out themes um, as I'm writing, I, I kind of keep an eye out for that too. Oh, good, good. Um, question number two, when you're thinking about the characters that you're being introduced in these books that you're reading, especially those books that matter to you, what was it about that authentic mm -hmm. voice that just captured you? What made mm -hmm. you champion that character? And then if there's the bad guy, what made you loathe them? Like, what <laughs> was it? about their you know actions their motivations the mm -hmm. development of that character that really spoke to your spirit and said this is a book that matters other people you know i'm about to recommend this book well break mm -hmm. it down take notes find out about the characters mm -hmm. what was it about them mm -hmm. um you got anything on the characters like what do you look for in characters michelle um, I think you captured it all. Yeah, that authentic voice and, you know, characters are going to emotionally connect with you or not. And if it's, if they're emotionally connecting with you, like, consider like the emotions that they're um, invoking. So maybe, you know, this character makes you laugh or this character makes you cry. The best characters do both. Um, <laughs> or this character reminds you of some aspect of your life, maybe your childhood, like all of those things, good writers bring out um, memories, I think, and they do that through emotions. And the way that you're going to be able to kind of replicate that is to, to really be aware in yourself as you're reading, like, what is this character invoking in me? And then, um, you know, why is it? What's the connection? And then as you're going to write, you know, start thinking about like, what do I want my readers to feel? And that will help. Love it. Love it. Question number three, what made you fall in love with the book? Like, that sounds like a simple question, <laughs> but like you fell in love with that book to put it on your uh -huh. list. What stood out? What? Why did it matter to you? Mm -hmm. And so that's peeling off that layer. And I do think that's that emotional appeal, too, that Michelle mm -hmm. was talking about. Um, not only do the characters make you feel that way, but then that complete story. You know, what was it? What gave you that spark with that book that ignited that love? Um, to me, that's an important question that we need to consider while we're reading and then while we're sharing out. That'll give us a lot more to engage with our readers, but it'll also help us to shape kind of who we are as a writer. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like that you're. Oh, God. No, no, I was just saying that I <laughs> that I love um, what you were saying about the entire book. So if you give a mouse a cookie, has been a favorite of mine forever. <laughs> like, it's just, I recently picked it up and reread it, and I'm like, okay, I still love this book just as much. And the hilarious thing is I hate mouse. I hate mice. I hate rodents. Like, I cannot... Oh my God, they just scare me. Like I just, I have, ah, I'm panicking just thinking about one being anywhere near me. But this mouse is so irreverent. He is, he is just like, oh, I'm in your house. And uh, of course you would want me to have this cookie, but I'm thirsty. So of course you're going to want to give me milk. And you just like, he just like oblivious. He just thinks that he's welcome, so he feels comfortable that you're his friend, so he can just be in your house. And when you think about books, you're going to think about all the different aspects. So think about some of the books that have stayed with you for so many years and just try to think about, okay, what would make my book stay with somebody for that long? But yeah. (laughs) Love it. Okay, question number four. This is going to be the teacher lens right now. So for those of you who are just catching the video, if you didn't get the beginning bio part, I'm a literacy coach, but I'm also a teacher. I'm K-12 certified and I'm also reading specialist. So when I look at writing, I also, especially for the K-12 audiences, mm-hmm. I also ask question number four, what are some standards or topics that are addressed in classrooms today? Mm. that are around their curriculum that you Mm. would be able to possibly learn from and be able to integrate or supplement within the work that you're doing or at least build educational materials around your work, connecting Mm. with other books that matter. So that way you can bring, well, you know, if you like this one book, then you can have these three others that you can then do read alouds with in your classroom that are kind of on mm-hmm. the same topics and standards. And you could go, for example, I'm going to call out North Carolina right now, but you could go to the North Carolina Department of Public Instruction and you can look up their curriculum, their standard course of study. You can mm-hmm. go straight to their standards for their grade levels and you can look at each one by grade level of what are some of the topics that are addressed in science and social studies, for example, if you're wanting to get an angle that way. So like, for example, one of my friends right now, she's working, she's working um, with a publisher and they're getting ready to release a book in the summertime. Mm -hmm. Well, because that book is science themed and Mm -hmm. it's also health themed, she could look at both of those standards and see how she can integrate those when she's talking about her book. And so Mm -hmm. while you're out reading, if you find books that deal with social studies themes, uh, biographies, um, when you're looking at science topics, when I was working on my weather book, I knew that I needed to look at what grade level would be appropriate for that book. So when I was working vocabulary, I needed mm-hmm. to introduce it to a certain level of student. So um, if you ever have questions about standards or topics addressing in the classroom, reach out to local teachers. Actually, like email oh, teachers yeah. and say, hey, I'm working on a book. What do you think? Could you help me kind of look over this? Could your class be a beta reader for me? Um, oh my goodness, that's so great. Yeah, I would love to share behind the scenes of my author book. Um, would you have yeah. time maybe for a story time? Uh, could you just quick glance and let me know if you feel like the vocabulary is appropriate for your classroom? Mm-hmm. Um, if you feel like these would be topics that could be shared within a classroom within your grade level, or do you have another teacher that you could recommend? And look at your local school district right there that you could partner with and collaborate with. Mm-hmm. So that's that's um, one for question four. Um, and now, I didn't even. Oh, oh. go ahead. Go ahead no, I was going to say you. I just learned something new. Um, that's such a great idea about reaching out and asking if a teacher would have their class be a beta reader. 
I actually love that so much with Brinkley Makes Headlines. Um, mm -hmm. I did that and I Google did a Google Meet with a classroom in oh, a county far away. And the class had an opportunity to read it with me and then provide feedback with me. It was just so invaluable. Guys, I can't tell you how much I love that experience. Oh, that's really great. So uh, that's just one of the uh, questions, though, that if you're unsure about, you go to the state website, you go, wait, this state website is overwhelming. You can mm -hmm. also reach out to your local teachers and media specialists and literacy coaches in schools. All right. So now we're moving on to talking about the author world. And I'm just going to say writing routines matter. <laughs> they matter. Um, yeah. One thing out of here, I love doing the writing sprints. Michelle and I have done some writing sprints. I'm mm -hmm. so good when I get to write with you. <laughs> yeah. Like find a writing partner, find a buddy that you could write with or watch along with writing sprints online. Tish Bouvier, she has her own, you know, 5 a.m. early morning. One of my favorites. Yeah. She's writing. Guys, look up writing sprints. And that's just a fun way for you to get some productivity. Uh, that's yeah. the one I want to talk about with the writing routines. You want to talk about anything on this one? Um, any of them? Finding your method for write your way. Okay, so I am a pantser by nature. I have tried my best to plan and plan and plan. I've read all of the planning books. Um, approach my work from that perspective, and I've I've spent so much time planning that I have not been writing. Um, so what I have had to learn is to take what works for you because just because planning works for another writer doesn't mean that it would work for you if you're a pantser. It doesn't mean that it won't, uh, but you have to recognize when you're struggling with trying to put on somebody else's pants. Um, and when that doesn't work, take the things that do. Um, and if it helps, so for me as a pantser, Part of the planning that has worked for me is taking, um, doing a rough timeline. So making sure that in each of my chapters, from start to finish, I know what the timeline is like. Because as a panther, um, when I was working on Accepting Elijah's Heart, the book takes place over a year. Because I hadn't planned out the timeline, I had to go back and be like, well, she was pregnant for nine months, how old is this baby now? So um, for me, I found this helpful, but other aspects of planning are too restrictive. And I had to be okay with, even though it's worked for um, all of the writers that I respect, um, who are very prolific writers and who give classes, it just, it does not work for me in the same way. So, um, Finding your own method is going to be a matter of trial and error. And if if the um, advice from the experts don't work for you, that's fine. Trust yourself. And then just try out different methods until you say, wait, that didn't work. Go on to Don't give mm -hmm. up. Don't give mm -hmm. up. There. Um, another one is to share what's happening with others as you're writing. Um, I think that that's important for you to be able to build your base mm -hmm. because, you know, when you're going through struggles, you're not the only one out there that may be going through these same things. <laughs> and, um, when you're having joy and joyful moments and things are clicking and working in your story, share mm -hmm. that too. Um, yeah. So I think that sharing is something that is very important for us as authors, not to wait and say, oh, I wrote a book. It's published. Here it and is. Then it's done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Uh, hey, I'm starting to write a book. I'm on my uh -huh. first chapters. And oh, wow, <laughs> this is happening in my yeah. life. Uh, share mm -hmm. it out. Um, share it out. Oh, that was yours. Oh, and I think we've captured some of the same things. Um, speaking of sharing out, uh, I have wear a crown here. Some days the words are going to come, other days they won't. And you just have to be just 
creative and flexible with the way that you just deal with it. Um, for me, there's been times when I've literally gone under my desk because I'm just like, I can't write sitting here. So I take my pen and paper and I just go sit under my desk and doodle until some words come. Or very recently, um, I threw on a crown uh, because, and if you don't own a crown, everybody should own a crown. You can find one for cheap, just grab one. It makes you feel a lot better. I just, <laughs> I threw it on, uh, threw on my makeup, wore my PJs, and then just started writing. Did it help um, get the words out initially? No, but what it did, it got the pressure off of me to try to create. And then it just made me laugh at myself and relax. And then eventually the words started flowing. So, um, yeah, just from Jen's last slideshow as well was have fun with the writing process. And for me, I never thought that I would ever be a person that would plan things out because I was a pantser for so long. And then I found the three act structure image that you're mm. seeing in front of you. I did not create this. Um, <laughs> I found it online and I was like, oh, wow, this makes really like perfect sense for me. So if you guys have been to some of my other YouTube videos, I was like trying to plan out love over pizza this way. So I will mm. let you know, I did my sticky notes. I got all the way up. Mm. Oh, there's some obstacles, there's disasters. And then we're all down at the end. I'm like, oh, okay, the book is planned. I got it. And it, when I actually wrote the book, it took a lot of different dives and turns and roller coaster loops. And it was completely half of this three act structure that I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even on there. It's, it's like, wait, what? No. Her parents? No, she didn't have any. No, and what? There's yeah. the kind of dance? No, yeah. and it was no. So just because I started out with this, um, it gave me this sense of at least I kind of knew a direction that I could go with the story. Mm -hmm. But then I had to trust that process and honor that link page and say, okay, now that the story has started. If it yes. does go a different way, I am so happy about that. I don't like mm -hmm. just crumple and fall apart and say, wait, you've got to follow <laughs> the three acts. No, sure. No, not like that. But I will say that at the beginning now, I have found that this has been helpful for at least just getting kind of a roadmap out and then understand that I could be taking not wrong turns because I don't look at it as a wrong turn, but I yeah. could be taking some, some, meaningful detours along the way that actually get my story to where it's supposed to be. But okay. I did want to share this because I have found out of all the other types of structures out there, I just love the way that this one is set up visually. Um, and I kind of follow it and then don't follow it at all. <laughs> That's that. That's that. And then leave others. Yes. And so um, in looking at how you can now, once you've written the book, once you've shared out other people's books, you're going to continue to share out other people's books. But then how are you going to help to engage with readers of your own work? So look at these with some low commitment, medium commitment, and then some high commitment pieces that you might be able to integrate. Uh, and you can screenshot this, pause it, and you can say, okay, you know, I might be able to you know, yeah. start a newsletter. But if you start a newsletter, the reason why it's in high commitment is because your newsletter yeah. inbox every month, at least yeah. once a month, send out that <laughs> newsletter. It's not like you send a newsletter once a year. <laughs> um, <laughs> then it would go to low commitment. So mm -hmm. kind of look at some of these. I don't know if there's anything you would like to talk about. I know I want to brag about you, Michelle. Um, with one on a medium commitment. So save that one for me, number one. I just could tell you, I want to talk about number one. Um, I'm kind of curious about package your story, actually. I would love for you to have, unwrap that a little bit. So when you're thinking about your story, how are you going to present it to the world? Mm -hmm. Think about your elevator pitch. You know, think mm, about good. the short way that you're going to talk about your book. That takes time. You might think that's yeah. easy. 
coming up with your pitches, with your one sentence, hurrah, with mm-hmm. formulating the summary, how can you really share and take, whether it's a middle grades book, a YA or a picture book, and mm-hmm. really tighten that up to when you are expressing yourself, you right. are connecting the heart of that story to that person that can receive that. Uh, that so when sense. you think about it, that does take time. That's not Absolutely. a low commitment thing. No, uh, not at all. That's intention. That's an mm-hmm. intentional commitment that you have to make with your story, then to be able to package it and then yeah. share it out. Um, and I think that that's a really important piece that that I have struggled with when I had to do that for one of my novels this past month. It was like, OK, share X, Y and Z from A to Z share it and we need it by Thursday and I'm like (laughs) (laughs) okay Uh, I'll do it and so I stayed up late super late you know trying to do it with everything else I've got going on and I'm like but it's so important it's like that's how they're packaging my story yeah and that made me think about you know those are some things that I need to be spending my time on so when that time comes I've already had all of that already worked out. Yeah, it's actually really funny because it's you want that for each story that you've written. Yeah. You would yeah. think I would have so known what? that, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it takes a little while to, to sink in. <laughs> I know I want to talk about school visits. Um, loved school visits that um, I've been a part of. And I also love bringing people into my school to be able to share their stories. And so I want to show you guys. <laughs> so as oh, we see, yeah. that's Michelle up at the top. And she had an opportunity to have a school visit and talk about Ruby Bridges. And you can see some of the quotes, some of the feedback. She's amazing. Love the enthusiasm. <laughs> My students were thankful. We paused to join. She was great. We need her back. <laughs> so you can see that number one, school visits. Now I call mm-hmm. that a medium commitment. What do you call it, Michelle? Um, I think your first one is going to be a high commitment. Um, so I, it's school visits. Also think library visits because my very first one was for the Clifton Public Library in New Jersey, which is the biggest library system in New Jersey. Um, and it took a, it took a very long time um, because you want to make sure that you're adding value to the kids who are going to be spending time with you. Um, and especially depending on the venue, well, even if it's library or school, you're also visiting with the teachers, with the administrators, you're not only visiting with the kids. So trying to connect with different types of audiences, different ages, and really just respecting the fact that they invited you into their space um, and they want to hear from you. Uh, what what do they need um, and what can you bring from the work that you've been doing? So if You'll have somebody who is your contact. Um, usually, either you're pitching to um, an administrator or a literacy coach, um, a librarian, or um, somebody has invited you. Whoever that person is who's your contact, it's helpful to try to find out like what are the things that the kids relate to most. Uh, maybe ask for some information about the school at a minimum, definitely Google the school to get an understanding of who they are, what they do, what anything recent is. You just are trying to remember that you're connecting with people first. um, And then from that connection, you can share your story, but really remember that there is an audience there um, and whatever you're going to do, you need to bring value to them. And so that is a high commitment to begin with then. I might need to move that over there. Um, (laughs) As a start, it's definitely a high commitment. But I think the more that you get comfortable doing it, Mm -hmm. it moves. Yes. So the school visit piece, don't 
be nervous about emailing because you've already packaged your story, right? You're, mm-hmm. You've got your story. You've got it already packaged. Um, you're a champion of your story and it's getting it into the hands of teachers, readers, you know, specialists, mm-hmm. librarians. And so reaching out to staff, building yourself that pitch letter, um, mm-hmm. that is something that you can do. And that's when I've like email schools and homeschool groups. Those are low commitments, like Mm -hmm. connect with libraries, just connect, just start reaching out. Just say I'm a local author or, you know, I'm an author in the state. You can start very small. You could go to your state, then you can branch out. Um, And then you can build connections with people, other authors. And you could say, hey, you know, do you want to pitch with me? Maybe we could do a tag team because you guys have similar topics. Like if you are very introverted and you go, wait, school visits, that's Mm -hmm. not for me because I'm really introverted. But you may have a friend that's more extroverted and you guys are very passionate about the children's books and what you Mm do. Um, And together you can make a dynamic team and you can practice that together. Um, I would really encourage you. for number six, to do this, and I believe it's a medium commitment. Number six, hold book-related events to celebrate. So that mm-hmm. way, teachers, librarians, when they go to find you, there's something mm-hmm. there. That's interesting. Okay. Because if I'm going online and I want to research someone and yeah. I'm considering bringing them into my space, like you know, Michelle said, if they've mm-hmm. already got YouTube videos that are like motivational YouTube clips mm-hmm. or they've got these little clips talking about books they love. Yeah. I can kind of get a feel for that person. Uh, I can see their collection. I can also share that work with my staff. I can say, oh, this person's done, you know, other videos. You can check them mm-hmm. out. Uh, so I would really encourage you to hold book-related events online on YouTube or stream or just mm-hmm. build up yourself. So that way, when someone Googles you, you cover yep. that Google page. That, that makes sense. Um, I don't know. I think oh, that... Okay. Oh. No, I wanted to just say one last thing about the school visits. Um, you might think that maybe your work could only... Um, be applicable to a certain age group. So Ruby Bridges is written for fourth to fifth graders. So for school visits, um, the school visits that I did for the Clifton Public Library, I was focused on that age group. And the spin that I took on it was completely different from the spin that I took on it when I was speaking with um, the high schoolers. So your book has different themes that can resonate with different ages. Figure out what those themes are. So for Ruby Bridges, for the older kids, I focused on the idea, the craft and the business of writing and using Ruby Bridges as kind of like the foundation. So um, just think of your books and pull out different themes that could resonate with different age groups. Love it. Um, and then just stay current, just stay present, mm-hmm. be present online, update your website, you know, keep yourself active. So, website. Um, <laughs> well, I didn't actually have Love Over Pizza <laughs> on my website. I was like, wait, I'm promoting it. I'm having an event. I'm having, you know, contest. I'm doing all of this. And then you go to my website and you see Sweet Potato Jones there. And I'm like, <laughs> I love you, sweet potato. You're going to stay there because you're my first mm-hmm. girl. You got to stay there. I'm not going to mm-hmm. move you to the curb, but I do have to add love over pizza, right? So I'm talking to myself here when I say stay current and update your website. <laughs> and now if you go to my website, you'll see love over pizza. You'll see the, the book trailer and all of that. Um, those were low commitment things for me. But I sometimes have to remind myself. But that's why I just got a calendar yesterday. So it's going to say, it's a pretty calendar. I can't wait to show it to y'all. And it's, it's blank right now because uh, I haven't filled it in. But it's actually going to get filled in. And it's going to say, you know, update your website. Check your website. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Need that. I need the reminders. Um, and so one of my favorite quotes. 
the brick walls are there to show us how badly we want something. Um, this is a daily grind for me as an author. It is. Yes, it absolutely is. Because if I'm not doing something that's author related, Mm -hmm. Then I'm doing something reading related mm -hmm. or research related that then ties back into the author related. So you can mm -hmm. all kind of say every day is author related. Um, <laughs> I was reading a book this morning and it was for a, po a future podcast that I'm going to have. And the reason why I'm having that podcast is connect with people more in a genre that I'm interested in writing in. And so mm -hmm. it's like always, always something. Yeah. But if I have all these walls in front of me, I, I got to go. I got to keep going. I'm going to hop over my friends, Michelle. Everybody's going to help push me over. Them. <laughs> We're going to break through them um, yeah. because this is something that I want and I want mm -hmm. it badly uh, because I care so much. And I know that books matter. Yeah. I know that stories matter, whether it's my story, it's someone's story and it's going to matter. Yeah. So if my platform can be used for good for someone else, then I'm satisfied. Absolutely. All right, guys, we can talk yeah. about books forever. Um, <laughs> connect with us here as our stuff. If you want to connect, if you have any additional questions for us, um, we would love to talk with you. Uh, there's our stuff. Screenshot it. Go find us now. You can pause it and then just go over Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can email us. Check out our websites. You'll see current stuff there. <laughs> no, you won't. I'm, I would be lying because my two most recent sweet romances are definitely nowhere on the site. <laughs> You're going to like do it really fast. You can just do it. <laughs> I won't tell anybody, but yo, I just did it. Do you know when I did mine? Listen, I was giving this presentation on February the thirteenth. This was last oh, Saturday, yeah. last Saturday, and it yeah. said update your website regularly. Like, and I was oh. like, I'm about to go on it in like an hour, and I go to my <laughs> website and I updated it. So I was like, oh, lesson learned. Lesson learned, Jen. So trust me, I was doing it like right then Saturday. And we'd already had the party. We'd already had the pizza party on the seventh and everything. Oh my God. So, yeah. 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 <sighs> You're going to have those things. It's okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just laugh about it. You laugh about it and you keep going. So, guys, I want to draw oh, your attention. Look, look, look at the link tree um, at the top. I'm going to have this in the description. Um, you see that beautiful lady in yellow? That's Michelle. She's going to be presenting at the Writing Warriors for Jesus Youth Summit on May 22nd. This is a free writers conference. So grab youth authors, grab adult children's authors from K-12 um, and join us for a day of writing and talking about Jesus all day. So yeah, look at the amazing lineup. Yes, cannot wait. Mm -hmm. And if you go to at Jesus Writing on mm -hmm. uh, Facebook, that's our Writing Warriors for Jesus uh, conference page. Uh, mm -hmm. You'll have the banner here that you can share out. But we are going to start kind of like doing bios. It's just a little early, mm -hmm. but I'm so excited. I can't wait. So I wanted you guys to at least see the banner and know that it's coming. You can go ahead and register for the May 22nd event. You don't have to register. Uh, it is going to be live streamed on Facebook and YouTube. Mm -hmm. But if you do register, then your name goes in. We can have your emails. You can get the newsletters from the WWJs and you can stay mm -hmm. up to date with uh, contests and giveaways as well. So, Absolutely. Yay. 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 And there's our slide. <laughs> and, and guess what? Was never able to see any of the oh. chat. Yeah, I was trying to jump in to just let you know. Somebody had said um, one Hoover had mentioned loving that book. I think one of the books that you were showing before and then loving the beautiful quote, Joanna uh, Simon. Aww. See, we and see then, it now. We see I it. I know. <laughs> so, so when I share my screen, I couldn't even see you. And you know how I need to kind of see your face so I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like everything. All I could see was a big old screen. But, um, yeah, I was trying to see how to show it on, but I think you can only have one presenter. There's no co-presenter. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm going to email. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, and good. What are you writing? Good luck with it. She yes. said that she was writing while listening. Good. Good. And yeah. way to be productive. So guys, we want to thank you for joining us. Our hour is up. So stay tuned. Uh, WWJs are going to be back. So in March, we'll have a mini session like this, a working session. And then I know April, Anne is going to be working with us on Poetry Month. So, mm-hmm. so WWJs, we have Anne, myself, and we have Tish Bouvier that write poetry. And we all have poetry books that are published. So that's mm-hmm. our focus for for uh, April. So, um, Oh, Anne just said she's working on her Christian romantic suspense while we're, she's listening to us talk Ooh, about kids' books. Nice. <laughs> Yay. I'm so glad you joined us, Anne. Awesome. All right, guys. Michelle, love you. Love you, too. Oh, I just meant I'm going to be jumping on Twitter at 9 o'clock if anybody is a hearty out there. It's the premiere of um, When Paul's the Heart. So come and chat. Yay. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> All right.